0: You know, I'm gonna give you a history lesson. We got some dumb ass motherfuckers floating around this country.
1: <laughs> stop <Start> laughing! <laughs> and when I do, stop fucking.
2: Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass
1: too.
3: Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You
1: fucking guys are unbelievable.
4: Evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Why Are You Laughing? Live from the Vaulted Podcast Studios in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And today, I'm pleased to introduce you to comedians under attack. That's right, folks. Uh, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. There's violence in the air in the world of comedy. Now, this is probably coming a a month after all that happened, but (laughs) regardless, um, I figured it would be a good time to do... Uh, An episode about comedians And it really kind of devolves into like My intention was maybe show comedians get attacked uh, But it kind of devolved into Also like on stage meltdowns And just weird stuff that has happened on stage And by the way I'm certain I kind of went with a few that I knew of um, But we can I think easily do a part two So if you guys want to send me more uh, Feel free to send them at Patreon.com slash Blind mic Where you can get these episodes a week early and uh, like I said, we are in the vaulted podcast studios. Just me and Matt again.
3: Yep. Um, you say this will be outdated, but by the time this comes out... Who knows Jim, how many more attacks have happened? Jim Gaffigan would have had a hot pocket thrown at us. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if Jim
4: Gaffigan was the one that just beats the shit out of an attacker.
3: <laughs> he goes out and just grabs him by the throat.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, like my immediate thought when Chappelle got attacked was like, oh, this happened... Uh, Jim Jeffries, um, and by the way, people forget like what a great comedian Jim, Jeffery, Jeff, Jim Jeffries was. I think kind of the road he went down with like talking a little more politics and stuff lost him some of his like hardcore fans. But he was a, gr- I mean, like one of the best storytellers ever when he started. Um, but the first time I heard of Jim Jeffries, and the first time a lot of Americans heard of Jim Jeffries is uh, he was on tour, or uh, maybe just doing, I don't know if it was on tour, but doing shows in uh, Britain, and uh, Jim Jeffries is an Australian comedian, for those of you that don't know, and this is before he was anybody, really, and he was kind of just, you know, he was doing his doing his act, nearing the end of his set, and uh, then this happened.
0: <laughs> Inwards, oh, we're in <laughs>
4: I think I even heard someone say you deserve this.
3: Yeah, I, I heard that too. I don't right? know if that's what it was, but yeah, I did hear that. Um, again, if you're not if you're listening to this, uh, yeah. go to the YouTube channel and uh, for and sure watch it. Yeah, because sure. we have clips. In fact,
4: I was gonna say like that probably didn't make sense, but audio that's kind of good. <laughs> like, that's like, yeah. it's still interesting because you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But yeah, check out the YouTube to see what's going on here. But it's not dissimilar from what Chris Rock dealt with with uh, Will Smith because you hear you hear Jim Jeffries kind of think like, oh, this is someone fucking around or bringing me a drink. You go, he goes what? Like he doesn't really know what's happening. yeah and then all of a sudden this guy just fucking goes after him. So uh, Jim Jeffries, a guy who uh, you know he's a comedian through and through. So we get, do we have him getting back on stage?
3: Yeah, this is him right here.
4: Yeah, so the crowd uh, goes nuts. This guy gets fucking tackled. You hear? I think you even hear Jim in that clip going, "What the fuck are you doing?"
3: Yeah, he—he, you'll—you'll hear it in a second when we he talks with Kevin Nealon about it. But, yeah, uh, he's definitely not ready for it. And right, like he just kind of like halfway through the attack, you can see in the clip he kind of like tries to grab his legs and like almost like form tackle. Him, yeah. but he just can't. And he just gets up and goes. It's got to be such
4: a horrifying experience because and you know we all broke down the Chris Rock thing and was like oh well I would have done this or why did if Chris Rock isn't in on it then why is he leaning in and this and that but like in that moment i think almost the last thing you're thinking is this is probably an attacker you know yeah, what i mean like yeah. you're thinking oh it can't be that it has to be someone Uh, You know, bringing a drink up on stage, or just wanting to take the mic, or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I think you're almost convincing yourself—not necessarily that it's the last thing you think of—but you're convincing yourself. Certainly, it's not that, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um. But uh, so Jim Jeffrey, like the guy is handled. I think Jim Jeffries went back into the green room for a little bit to like gather himself, and then he comes back out on stage.
0: (laughs) yeah I appreciate you welcoming me back. Uh, I'm not going to be doing much more material. Uh, I'm fucking spanned out by that cunt completely. I've got a fucking thing on the side of my head. No, no, what many of you don't know is um, that I employ that bloke for when gigs are going badly. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And that is what we all wanted Chris Rock to do, like, in an ideal world. Mm. But you forget, like, uh, Jim Jeffries walked off stage and collected himself. Chris Rock had to react on live television. Yeah. So, like, we all love to think we'd have a snappy one-liner. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that, it's even crazier. I think this almost highlights how much crazier what happened to Chris Rock is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Jim Jeffries handled it beautifully. And before we get into some of the other stuff, like, I, I – uh, Jim Jeffries is one of the first guys I saw multiple times live. Like, I would go back... There was a... He came to the Wilbur, like, right around Christmas, like, four years in a row. And I would go to see him every time. He was one of the best storytellers. And then I think, as kind of happens, like, you talk about how a lot of comedians aren't as funny when they get older. You know, you look at modern-day Steve Martin or Eddie Murphy (laughs) compared to what they were 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Um... And a lot of that is because, like, you look at Jim Jeffries, and some people will say it's because of the political stuff. Like, he had that brilliant gun control bit. And then people were like, oh, well, now you're a political figure. And so for whatever reason, he kind of, like, got, you know, warped into that. But the, I, the real reason I think Jim Jeffries kind of evolved and changed is, like, in these days, when this shit happened, he was a crazy, drinking party animal, And now he's an older guy. He stopped drinking for his health. He has has two kids, I think. I know he has at least one kid. Um, So, you know, you just mature. It's the same thing, like, with Howard Stern. I think there's a lot of phoniness to Stern. But there's also, he's not going to be a 65-year-old throwing baloney at girls' tits. You know what I mean? So, like, Jim Jeffries evolved in kind of that same way, where it's like, naturally, he's not going to have the same wild stories. Um, But he was definitely one of the greats. But he was... uh, Uh, a pretty unknown guy at this time. Like, he was performing in England, um, but, you know, wasn't really known, and he offended that guy, apparently. (laughs) But uh, the first I ever heard of Jim Jeffries was when he came over here to America to kind of do a press tour for shows he was doing, but also talk about that gig. And I heard him on, like, O&A, and then because of his first O&A appearance, he became a regular on there, and he kind of became part of... That sort of group of committee you don't associate him with that now. Like you don't think of him with Norton, and Colin Quinn, and those guys. But like that is kind of how he started with that same fan base, you know. Mm. Um, but this is him uh, telling the story of. Uh- oh, actually, before I show the uh, him telling the story, um, do you ever watch the show Legit? I didn't. It was Jim Jeffrey's show on FX. It was only on two seasons, and it's interesting because I mentioned the gun control bit. Have you ever seen that? Uh no brilliant, a hilarious bit like, uh, you know, kind of against gun control, but it's one where it's like, you know, you should be you can, you're able to put whatever your thoughts are politically, you're able to like watch it and be like, oh, that's very funny. Um, but thank God Craig's not here to argue with me on that. Um, but but uh, uh, it, it, so in the show, Legit, it ends with um, Jim getting attacked on stage uh, and a gun going off. And it turns out that the gun went off like someone he knew uh, actually shot the gun or whatever. But anyways, it ends with that. And it ends with Jim getting super famous because of that incident. And that's kind of, in a way, what happened. He, he kind of combined those two things, that famous bit and getting attacked on stage into uh, the final episode of his, of his show. Um, But it's interesting. So here's uh Jim Jeffries telling Kevin Nealon. By the way, ignore some of the heavy panting. <laughs> It's some weird show I never saw this Until finding this clip I guess Kevin Nealon Did some like Interview show Where you go on a hike With him
3: This seems terrible If I was a comedian I would not want to do this With him
4: Oh god no Especially if you're A fucking booze bag Like Jim Jeffries. I have trouble Not breathing heavy On this microphone I'm
3: sitting (laughs) down Sitting down right
4: Um So uh But anyways uh, Ignore that And listen to Jim Jeffries here
0: This guy I was doing some jokes Um some dirty jokes and he was on a date I don't think his date was enjoying it and so I used a line a put down line that I've used many times Which sounds like an old line but it's my line which is I'm going to leave you alone now I, I put them down several times yeah last line I'm going to leave you alone now like your dad did right yeah and I wasn't even talking to this guy and his girlfriend I was talking to another heckler yeah <laughs> that typical yeah, for you hecklers yeah but this guy was having a bad day and then also he had some unresolved issues with his father. So he finished his drink, so it was like three minutes later. And then he just came up and lamped me. Right on stage. Yeah. Just ran up and punched me. And a lot of people say, oh, why didn't you defend yourself? And I'm like, I didn't know I was in a fight. <laughs> you gotta know you're in a fight Yeah. you defend yourself. Yeah, yeah, because normally a heckler will keep talking to you and the stakes will rise. Yeah. And you'll go, well, I might get ready for a fight here. Yeah. This guy, you came up last thing before before he hits me. You can hear me you go go. Oh, mate, you're not allowed up here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed up here. Uh, I think you
3: were. I think you were right though. I think that him uh, we us hearing the uh, you deserve it. Yeah. I think that was the people the original hecklers that he was kind of like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like when that guy went up there, they were probably like, "Yeah, you
4: deserve it." It's I mean, obviously the guy attacking him, that hit a nerve where maybe his dad did leave him or whatever. Whatever whatever it is that that guy's dealing with, you know, obviously he's going through something, but there is nothing worse than people at a comedy club that can't take a joke. You know what I mean? Like if you if you're part of some online mob that's going after someone, that's one thing, but it's like you entered the arena. You know what I mean? It will, at least do so, as uh, Nick DiPaolo always says, like, did you not look into who I am? You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. look into Jim Jeffries, the fact that he uses cunt more than any other comedian, as he says. Yeah. Um, so you got to know that if you're going to be talking shit, which you shouldn't do anyways, but if you are going to pipe up during a comedy show, you're going to get roasted. You know what I mean? You have to be ready to handle that.
3: I am so far in the opposite direction of being that person. Right, like I couldn't even imagine that. I went to Bert Kreischer recently mm-hmm. in Providence, and people were, you know, during the show, like saying, you know, the machine, like wanting them to do the machine joke. Yeah, uh, the you know the the thing he does all for his encore. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm getting uncomfortable because I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even like <laughs> chant like something. Yeah, like posi- Like I wouldn't even. I I say nothing. You're I right. laugh and I enjoy the show. I would never. You, Never. You, you crazy. watch the
4: performance, and it's uh, the the analogy that's always used is like, uh, can you imagine you know the cast of Rent dealing with that? Like, <laughs> hey, hey, asshole! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, I, could you imagine Broadway shows dealing with hecklers? Like, it's the only yeah. comedy. You know, I've said it a million times, but stand up is like the most disrespected art form yeah. because everyone thinks they can do it. They, like, it looks like Jim Jeffries is just up there, kind of talking off the top of his head. So any drunk is like, I could do this. So you don't, you lose that respect for it for some reason.
3: Phantom of the Opera. Phantom walks on stage. Nice mask, weirdo. (laughs) Right, you bitch.
4: (laughs) 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 You pussy. Then it becomes a fucking mask debate, (laughs) like it's a COVID thing. Um, But it's it's uh, it's funny the people that yeah have no have no respect and like as a you know as a blind guy I'm not usually wearing my glasses indoors. So, like, if I'm at a comedy show, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to be pointed out for that. Like, I'll sit in the, the more in the middle. Like, I don't want to sit up front for a lot of shows. Because sure. it's like, I don't want to be part of this. Whereas a lot of people go to comedy clubs, like, hey, maybe I can be part
3: of the act. But, you yeah, know? Right, right. Yes. Totally. Yes. There's some people that definitely want that. But also, I don't think if you were sitting up front and you were brought in, mm-hmm. and I don't think you'd rush to stage and attack Jim Jefferson. I might. I might. I'm pretty tough. <laughs> that would be something. I'm scrappy. You, you get- <laughs> I get
4: lost on my yeah, way up there. You,
3: you just go off the stage on the opposite direction. I'm like, now hold on you. I'm
4: tripping over chairs. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's the one I always think of when I hear, uh, comedians getting attacked is, uh, the Jim Jeffries one. Cause it kind of, you know, launched his career. Um, and not, not so much. I mean, Jim Jeffries is very funny. So like, I think it would have happened for him either way. Uh, but it is kind of how he started to get recognition. Um, but then that's the only like re- the Cat Williams one is kind of an attack, sort of, right? But the rest are pretty much like meltdowns that we have here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um well, we, I mean, if if you want to talk about other attacks, some other ones that come to the top of mind, obviously the most recent ones, but yeah. uh Big Jay getting pulled off stage. Oh yeah, I didn't include I forgot to include that um, one. Yeah. Th- that was one where he was doing a show in Philly? Um outside of Philly, like yeah. rural Pennsylvania. And he was uh he was doing crowd work like Jay does, and he kind of got ripped off stage by Yeah, like his foot. And and it was funny he explains on Skanks if you listen to Legion of Skanks mm-hmm. he explains the situation and the reason why he was sitting so close to the edge of the stage is right. because the lights were in his eyes the stage lights right and he needed to see the crowd to do crowd work
4: right <laughs> yeah and it's in, like the the reason that happened is like he's you know he does a lot of crowd work and he was talking to someone and he just talked to the wrong drunks yeah And made fun of a girl and her boyfriend or brother or whatever I forget what it was. Yeah, it was
3: the boyfriend and a brother. Yeah, they both got involved.
4: They had to they had to look macho, and they're like, "Hey, don't you fucking you know?" It's it's a case of uh, you ever have like those friends or people you know in like college, where it's like, "Hey, say whatever you want about me, but you talk about my fucking family, my friend, my brothers." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like okay, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean. Because that's just anger that you had that you want to release. There it are, doesn't matter who they're talking there about.
3: There are not worse people than than the, than those type of that people. that type of yeah, person. Yeah, I hate it. I hate yeah. it so much.
4: Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, uh, the next one we have is Wanda Sykes, right? Correct. Yeah. So this one, you guys, if you live just in this area, you might remember it was a few years ago. Uh, Comics come home the sh- the the benefit that di- uh, Dennis Leary does. Um, I, also, I don't. My assumption of comics come home was that it was like Boston-based comedians. Uh, it's not like Nick DiPaolo and Bobby Kelly are at this show, but there's also like Wanda Sykes, like, you know, Mulaney has done it, uh, Jimmy Fallon, like, so yeah, I, I, over the years maybe it's evolved into all, you know, all kinds of comedians, I guess, Yeah. but the, what makes this interesting is it is um, uh, right after Trump got elected, yes. like weeks, maybe even day. it was mid-November. Um, so probably like two weeks after Trump got elected and uh, you may remember folks that it wasn't such a fun time in comedy around that. You had Kate McKinnon on stage singing hallelujah people oh. people weren't ready to joke about it quite yet um, so this is Wanda Sykes getting on stage at uh, Comics Come Home in Boston
2: I ain't wearing no goddamn lime green pants right now fuck that I'm not happy shit's fucked
4: up pause one second I'm sorry but it's good I should have said what she's referencing there is like Lenny Clark was on stage before her and he was in his a wacky outfit I guess slime green pants and just well, Lenny Clark's the issue Wanda Sykes has with Lenny Clark is that he was doing comedy that was this big issue um, so that's what she's referring to there white guy
2: white guy time right now It is angry white man time right now Donald Trump won Angry white guys, boom, they fucking showed up at the playground and said, stop all that dunking and give me my ball
4: back. So it's like, there's an element of kind of kidding around in there. Obviously, she's very serious. Um, But, you know, two weeks after Trump gets elected, a black gay woman addressing Trump is not the craziest thing in the world. But let's cut to seven minutes later, whatever it is, yeah. where people are like, "All right, Wanda, let's get on with it." Now, Wanda's under the impression they're like not ready to hear this, but this is a comedy audience that wants to hear comedy. Now, some of it might be Trump guys saying "fuck you," but I th- I think the most most of it is a comedy audience saying like, "Let's get to some jokes here."
2: After the election, I was I was going around consoling people. I said, "Guys, look on the bright side. Look at this." I was telling everybody, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. I was like, I am certain this is not the first time we've elected a racist, sexist, homophobic president. This, this he ain't the first one. He's just the first confirmed one. That's it. Yeah. Fuck you, motherfuckers. Fuck all y'all. Fuck all y'all.
4: Fun time out. Fuck,
2: fuck you. You 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 all y'all none of that shit. How can how can you? The evidence is there. Oh, fuck them. The evidence is there. How can you say he's not racist? How can you grab about a pussy? How can you say he's not sexist? How can you say he's not racist?
4: This is what, and I think we're kind of past it now. But this is what a lot of people were like terrified comedy would become. And it did, to an extent, at least with a lot of people. And you hear the guy filming there kind of go, oh, fuck that. You tell him, Wanda. And it's like, no, no, no. They're right. (laughs) The the crowd is right. Whatever their political beliefs are, she keeps saying, like, how can you you say he's not racist? And what I would want to say is, oh, Wanda, they're not saying that. They're saying they want to hear some fucking jokes because you're on stage with a microphone.
3: (laughs) I don't believe that every single person that was booing her or heckling her at that point were Trump- Voters, no, they, they in, just in, wanted the in jokes. Boston. It yeah. can't be, and also, and also too, like there's ways. You've said this a million times. There's ways to do this. This is that is funny. You right. get, you get your, you Wanda, you get your point across that you're doing. You're a comedian, a very funny comedian. Right. You can do that, funny. She's not. She's right. not doing it at a comedy show. She's no, not people, doing it. Funny. People were so wrapped
4: up. Like Trump broke people. And then you guys may know this show because famously, this got a lot of press both for Wanda and Nick DiPaolo got in a lot of trouble for the same show. Can you imagine a more different dynamic? Having Wanda Sykes and Nick DiPaolo on stage at the same show, so Wanda, uh, Nick DiPaolo went up there and started making jokes about uh, peabody Jews and (laughs) all these kind of references. So he got roasted for this. Wanda got roasted by uh, you know different uh, sides of the aisle. But it was a pretty wild show. Uh, Comics come home in Boston, but yeah, uh, like I said, I think we're past it. Luckily, I think we're start. Of course, there are you know segments of comedians that are still doing that preachy ranting kind of stuff mm. um but it's not the majority anymore i don't think
3: um is the next one uh, lisa lampanelli yeah we get into lisa lampanelli which I, sh- I haven't seen her since her since i've seen her on the roast mm-hmm. she's unrecognizable lost a ton
4: of weight lost right? a ton i think of weight. she may have gotten one of those surgeries i'm not sure
3: oh uh, like a lap band
4: I, I possibly yeah um i could be wrong about that but, yeah, so if you guys don't know Lisa Lampanelli, we probably referenced her in the Greg Giraldo episode. Yeah, we
3: did. She was in the,
4: some of those clips. Yeah, because um, she was th- – those roasts were consistently um, – guys, on the people on there were Jeff Ross, Giraldo, and Lisa Lampanelli, among others. And, uh, you know, we referred to Lisa Lampanelli. Her shtick was like – uh, can you believe she fucks black guys, gang? <laughs> which, the, yeah, they
3: beat it into the ground. That was that the joke. big,
4: the big joke about yeah. Lisa Lampanelli. But she was very—I uh, never agreed with this. People compared her to Don Rickles. They would always say the female Don Rickles, which I don't—I never really agreed with. Um, but I, I guess that it was certainly She's an insult comment. It was certainly an influence. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Lisa Lampanelli has two of these meltdowns on our list. Yeah, and very similar. So it'll be interesting. In the middle, we'll play kind of her analysis of what happens, and then we'll play the next one. It'll be interesting. Um, But this is her. Lisa Lampanelli has had a couple goodbye tours, and uh, somewhere in there, she became like kind of a self-help, like motivational speaker, which is you know I have no problem with that. It is a weird dynamic to be like a roast insult comic. And then be like, "Hey, let's all be positive," <laughs> you know. Like that's a stra- it, it's a strain, but people change and evolve, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but she's like, "Hey, this is the last time I'm going on tour. This is in uh, June of 2018." And uh, a, a heckler is telling her she's not funny, which, as we said, often happens. And comedians have different ways of dealing with it. This is how Lisa dealt with it back then.
1: or slay your money back, because I don't need to find work for people. I oh, we love you! Yeah. You want to give us a chance? I'll give you this money
2: back. Yeah? go ahead, stupid. How much my show costs? Whatever you fucking. talking I'll
1: give you how much shit the fuck up. Did I fucking tell you to leave those fucking lights on? I said it, and I fucking mean it, you fucking moron! Anyone who thinks I need any fucking help needs to shut the fuck up. Every one of you. I am talking to this guy. I didn't need your help with any of my life. I don't need it now. So shut the fuck up and let me have a conversation. Tarded
4: fucking cousin. What more got laugh.
1: fucking sentiment from anyone who isn't me and the person I'm talking to, and you can get the fuck out.
4: Jesus Christ. There's one thing that's very telling in any argument when she brings it to I I never needed your help in my life. It's yeah. like Ooh, who's Ooh, talking about is, that, Lisa? This, this is, is not about us, is it? Yeah, this is not about <laughs> us.
3: Uh, it also like when you turn on the uh, stage crew.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they, her anger is spewed everywhere. Yeah, and like I said, she did get a laugh at one point with that Stevie Nicks line, even though it's not the most creative. Yeah. But you're in the you're in the heat of the moment. I understand.
3: Um, uh, also, I didn't understand. She said, I'll give you your money back personally. And then I think the heckler, or the guy she was originally yelling at, was essentially saying, I will pay you to shut up. Right. And gave her a $100 bill and she crumpled it up and threw it on the ground <laughs> and kept going. But that's such a weird, like that guy, like just, you're, she's yelling at you in your face. You just right. don't get up and go.
4: Right. Like crazy. Yeah. It's, it's very, it was weird and it's weird to be that angry at the entire audience to the where you're yelling at the staff telling people to shut the fuck up who are like hey buddy pipe down
3: yeah then you're telling
4: them to shut up
3: she just she turns on the audience
4: immediately <laughs> yeah so more hey everyone has a bad night you know what i mean but it, more bizarre to me is uh, a while after that when this so this was in the news like uh, the clip i got from it was from tmz there's a longer version of that too um but it made the rounds because Lisa Lampanelli is not particularly popular now. But she had her day. Like, that's a name people know. Um, so it made the rounds. And then she was on Jim and Sam um, promoting something. And uh, Jim Norton asked her about it. And her explanation is more bizarre to me than the action itself.
5: So I am at the final two gigs. The second to last one in San Jose, California. I'm up there. And it's when all this Me Too shit is going on. Now, I never got Me Too'd, oh, sadly, I know, shocking. <laughs> I know, I was like, Jesus, just a little tipping, at least. <laughs> However, what happened was, I have a sensitivity towards people telling me to shut up. Because my father was a gentleman and he died recently, <clears throat> he never told me to shut up. My brother, a gentleman, never told me. No man has ever told me to shut up. So this fucking asshole, I'm trying to be nice, Jim, because that's why I asked if you changed in your life a little bit as with age. Sure. I'm trying to be nicer off stage. There's this fucking cunt in the audience. Off stage. Oh, off stage. Okay, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's this n- nice lady. She couldn't see because some tall fucking idiots in front of her, and she had a cast on her leg. So I go to her, honey. You look miserable. Move up a little. There was a couple seats. I go, move up. Come on. So she's okay. taking too long, and this fucking asshole yells, "Shut up!" The two is. Well, I don't know. It's that's a hot button for it me, dude. It just hit you wrong. It hit me because anyone telling me to shut, I was triggered to like. Oh, really? I will fucking kill you. And I said, deliberately don't make it funny. Make it angry. And I had no choice. I fucking snap. It's like a postal worker. Yeah. Why?
3: Yeah, I don't know.
4: <laughs> I don't understand that. So there's a couple things in there. She says, um, I have a sensitivity towards being told to shut up, yeah. which I was I assume would be followed by because my father always told me to shut up. My brothers always told me to shut up. Yes. My boyfriends always told me. So I fucking hate it. Her explanation was, no one's ever said that to me before, so I can't handle it? Yeah. And like, I, that was
3: kind of a weird... No, I, I thought the same as you. When, <laughs> when she was telling that story, I thought she was going to my father used to tell me to shut up every fucking morning.
4: Yeah, so <laughs> I've had enough. I snapped. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a weird explanation. But then also, her kind of painting it as this Kaufman-esque, brilliant response we're like, "Oh, I'm not going to be funny. I'm going to do the opposite." But that's not what it was. No. It was like you snapped. It was a weird explanation of it.
3: Yeah. Um that was a bit of her covering her tracks, I think.
4: Maybe. And you know what? Maybe she learned from that experience. Yeah. Let's see, Lisa Lampanelli on her next goodbye tour. Uh just this year in 2022. 20, I think yeah, this, so this is
3: earlier this year, right? So 2018 was not her last her last goodbye. No, she ended up coming back. Yes.
4: Um, but this let's see. Maybe she's evolved. This is her on stage a few months ago. For thirty years. Ah, okay. I don't <laughs> need this
1: shit. <laughs> so you shut up, other than the person I'm talking to. Get him out, whoever the fuck. Security, get out. The fucking fat cunt and the one with her. Get him out. Get him out. Am I stuttering security? Uh (laughs)
4: Uh-oh. Am
1: I fucking...
3: sounds like Shut the up! worst experience.
1: You motherfucker! I love you, Lisa! I don't give a <laughs> shit! I do this for love. I'm doing this for fun. You guys are full of shit!
3: I wasn't doing this for love. I was doing it for fun. I kind of like the one and the same. Of body, I was about to say...
1: Walk out right now and have no fucking problem with it.
4: So shut the fuck up. I was about to say when you pointed that out, like when he said I love you, Lisa, and she goes, I'm not doing this for love, I'm doing this for fun. And I if I were that guy, I'd be like, Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. Like right. <laughs> yeah. meaning I was having fun at your show. I don't genuine I'm not in love with you. <laughs> potato potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's more or less what I've meant. Um so that's first of all, there's very uh, I think we we talked about it on Blind Mike Project, and I probably use the same comparison, but it's very, like, vice principal energy, oh, yeah. scolding the class,
3: I like, mean, at an assembly, like, hey, you sh- now everyone quiet down. It looks like an assembly. The house lights are on. Yeah. There's, first of all, it's a rough scene because in the balcony, like, there's no seats filled. Right.
4: Which probably contributes to some of this anger.
3: Yeah, totally. But she, like, I think at this point she had already told the you know house put on the lights. Yeah, like I'm fucking going to town.
4: Yeah, and there's an interesting thing where she's screaming at the staff, and maybe security was like, "Fuck this lady," you know. But there's a lot of like, I don't understand why she turns on the audience like that. When they're supporting her. Yeah. There's know. a lot of whatever that line was about her father never telling her to shut up. or so, There's a lot of darkness that goes along with that, I think, yeah. because there's a weird thing of someone saying, hey, we love you, Lisa, and her going, fuck
3: you. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely something more to that story.
4: <laughs> and there's weird. Uh, there were a few times during that clip where, like, I thought it was done because it was so silent.
3: Yeah. People are dead silent. Yeah.
4: Unco- and as you said, imagine being there, like how uncomfortable you'd be. You're like. It would almost be like watching a fight between like you know a couple that you're friends with, yeah. where you're like, oh
3: God, I don't. <laughs> can at at we that leave? point, at that point, the only reason why I would stay is because I would be like, you know what? I think I could probably make some money on from TMZ. <laughs> yeah,
4: right. Yeah, I'm filming this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I have no. It's my job I have to, now. Yeah. yeah. I have to. <laughs> um, so yeah, Lisa Lampanelli has had a uh, a rough few years as far as uh, dealing with hecklers go. And I would also say, hey Lisa, learn a little from uh, Dave Chappelle. Lock up those phones. You know, yeah. <laughs> There's no harm in that. Yeah. Um. What's the next one we have? Uh, we're gonna get into Cat Williams. Cat now. Williams, okay. Yeah. So Cat Williams, I will eventually do a Cat Williams episode, just in general. I think, uh, because he's a very interesting, you know, unique character uh, who's gotten into a lot of shit over the years. But oh, excuse me, I'm saying excuse me to the mic that I just bumped into. <laughs> excuse me, sir. Um. So Cat Williams, uh. Uh, this was the, so I went back and read articles from around this time, and it's hard. It's a complex situation, <laughs> but what I think happened is a couple nights before this, so you know Wednesday and Friday night shows in uh, Oakland, and uh, he's playing the arena there, Oracle, I think, um, where the where the Warriors play. Yes, and uh, he uh, uh, so on Wednesday night he had this weird kind of meltdown where he walked off stage, uh, and then he comes back. Friday night and does this bizarre, almost Carlin esque monologue where, like, you know, where Carlin would be like, We've got, uh, we've got tricksters and t-. like he would do that, like, long rhyme where he does all the, uh, you know, like the lists off the slurs and things yeah. like that. Um, it was kind of like that. He was almost like wrapping his resume, kind of yeah it's very
3: weird is that the first clip we have uh yeah
4: yeah so let's just hear what he's kind of doing for this 15 minute set that he has that's supposed to be an hour
2: same as women fuck penis love y'all forever always will i don't give a fuck who don't like me that's what make me real i ain't trying to be something this is all i miss you don't blast me I fuck with, the I on my mother, kids. I done done seven specials. Richard Pryor only did two. Eddie Murphy did two, I did seven. Which is bigger, seven or two? Same for me, same for you. Can't we get four and then did three more.
4: <laughs> I meant to say, too, before the show, he had like a run-in with the law. He was dealing with some sort of like possession charges or something like that. Yeah. There was a weird this was a weird time in Cat Williams' life where he was dealing with a lot. Yeah. Um so anyways, n- now here's where it gets even like more confusing cuz there's a, so he's dealing with a heckler who he like challenges to a fight. Yeah. And the guy comes up on stage and it's this weird there's a very weird interaction and mind you again, this is like a 15 minute set um that was supposed to be like an hour. He's headlining. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but this is what happens, you know, 15 minutes in or whatever it is. Don't
1: no, police ever show up.
2: It's just what happens at punk rock. And they throw up the devil sign and worship Satan. And, and when we come together, it's always a big deal. I don't understand. I thought I just got out of jail.
1: He's about to get arrested on stage. Illegal. Sir, sir, he's about to get arrested on the stage.
4: So there's a lot of weirdness going on, and you. I, my favorite is always the commentary from the people filming. <laughs> but uh, at some point, Cat Williams' security comes on stage, and a Cat like bops him in the back of the head with a microphone and shit like that. Cat Williams would be very abusive. To people, and I think like he was dealing with a lot of drug shit, and I don't know if alcohol maybe too at the time, um, but like I said, he's an interesting character, but it's weird to watch this kind of public meltdown. It's not totally dissimilar from the Will Smith thing, where you're watching the guy being like, this guy's clearly going through something, you yeah, know?
3: Yeah, Apologize for the video. There's really no other clear clips out there. I looked for another one. Right. It's like very in and out for Yeah, no, just
4: grainy uh, cell phone footage. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Cat Williams, very, very a lot a lot of very weird interactions like that. You've seen him have meltdowns on radio and stuff like that. So we'll get back to him at a uh, at another point. But um, what it, there's a couple I didn't throw in because it was like there's a, there is a video online of um Rogan uh getting into it with a feminist, and the t- the title is very misleading. It's like Joe Rogan attacked by a feminist or something. It's not like they're just having words with each other. But it's this weird, it's Rogan when he was still kind of you know, bro-y and confrontational. And there was a little more of an anger to him. But, like, this feminist confronts him and they're just going back and forth. And, uh, like, she's she's saying nasty shit to him and he's giving it back to her. There's, like, shit like that I feel like happens all the time. But what's weird to me is, like, when he gets physical or angry. Those are the two most bizarre uh, aspects of uh, any comedy
3: meltdown to me, I think. I mean, we we covered another Joe Rogan one. It wasn't really a meltdown, but a stage confrontation for sure. Is when right. he got on stage and confronted Carlos Mencia, and Ari was there too.
4: Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a yeah.
3: stage kind. Con- that that's kind of a mix of all.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so, are we at the big enchilada now? Yes. Yeah. So this is one where, like, I thought I've contemplated for a while just doing an episode about this. Uh, saga, this this controversy, um, and I always went back and forth. I'm like, is there really enough to go through? So I, just, I figured we could include it in this episode. Um, you guys may remember uh, a show called Seinfeld, very popular in the 90s, and there's a character on there named Cosmo Kramer, <laughs> and that character was played by a man named Michael Richards, who was uh, one of the great physical actors of all time that uh, really didn't get a lot of work after Seinfeld. They tried the Michael Richards show. That didn't work. Um, and Michael Richards kind of became one of these guys, like you're seeing Jeremy Piven do now where he's like, well, I was on a comedy. I guess maybe I should just do standup. Mm. Um, unfortunately there's only one bit from Michael Richards standup that I'm aware of. Are you familiar with much of his stand-up? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah. know much outside of this. I only know this classic joke yeah. <laughs> from uh, from the Laugh Factory. So this is a uh, 2000. 2000- Talk about
3: a storyteller.
4: <laughs> this is this is 2007, I think.
3: Uh yeah, yeah. yeah
4: now I'll say the unfortunate part of this is we don't know what happened before. We don't know what led to this um, joke, shall we call it? Yeah. <laughs> you whoa, know, whoa. this is just where the uh, the footage picks up. But uh, there's a an African American gentlemen in the audience or a couple I think right like it's a group of people yeah and they uh are having words with Michael Richards on stage and this is how uh, for those of you that hadn't heard it before this is how Michael Richards handled that
2: shut up 50 years ago I had you upside down with a fucking pork up your
4: ass all right not off to a great start <laughs> you can
2: talk you can talk you can talk your brain now he's a nigger
1: He's a nigger!
2: He's a nigger! Oh my God. A
1: nigger, look, he's a nigger!
4: All right, pause for a second. Ooh, it shocks you. That's my uh, norm, does the Shock. impression of that, like, like uh, that word, that word. Okay. <laughs> um, so, a couple things here. First, my favorite part of this video is uh, I almost skipped, like when I was sending you clips, I was almost like, ah, this isn't the video I'm looking for because they bleep everything out. And then I got to the part where he drops the N bomb. Yeah. And it just reminded me of that Patrice bit where he's talking about uh on like Tough Crowd or something, he refer they're talking about the DC sniper. And Patrice referred to him as an N word and a Buick. Yeah. And they left the N word and bleep the word Buick because they weren't <laughs> a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what this such a weird period in time where they're bleeping the word fuck on the internet, yeah. but not the N word. It's yeah. so bizarre.
3: Um It's obviously awful. It's it's, like, terrible. Yeah. He is losing his mind here and going to, to a dark place. He's
4: losing it. And it seems like we now what you're about to hear is him go, the part that Norm kind of mocks, is it seems like he's trying to go into a bit where it's like, that word, why can't we use that word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it never quite gets there. <laughs> so let's continue. <laughs>
2: It shocks <laughs> you, it shocks you, to see what's going beneath your stupid motherfucker. does. That was What was it called for? It's not called for, call for you to get my ass, you cheap motherfucker.
4: Pause again. You guys have been talking? I like that guy going, I, I love the argument. This guy is screaming the N-word at a, an audience member. And the guy goes, hey, that was uncalled for. (laughs) I love that that terminology. (laughs) Yes, sir, we picked up on that. Yeah, Yeah, there's no one in that room that was like, this was called for.
3: (laughs) Hey, Um, man, what's the deal?
4: It's You know what? It's, again, I referenced this in uh, the last episode, I think, but uh, I talked about, uh, we talked about Howard Stern using like, you know, racial language and humor and shit like that. The reason I don't think it should be wiped off the internet is because I think it's a fascinating timestamp because clearly we're in a moment of time. Now, no one would think to use that.
3: No, not even if not even if you are going into the best bit of the best, the, you know. The
4: best bit or in the, the deepest, darkest rage. Sure. You would know on some level, I cannot say this. No. Um, but in 2007, let's not forget that word, like I said, it's not bleeped here. It was used this is on YouTube it was used on television I know but I'm just saying in general like no one thought to believe it yeah sure like we're yeah, in that yeah. time in, in in history you know what I mean yeah um, it was used on regular radio for a long time like in 2007 you're at the point not that it's an acceptable word but where it's not completely out of Michael Richard's mind to use it which I think is like a just an interesting time stamp in history to see just like how you know humanity evolved. Um but let's uh, there's there's a lot more
2: talking and talking. <laughs> i don't know I don't know I don't know <laughs> you
4: guys going <laughs>
2: shit. Hey, Wait
1: a minute, where's he
2: going? let me you boy. Oh, you're threatening me? Oh, it's a big threat. That's how you get we'll back in the van. That was real call for. Wait a minute. He's not going here, Jason. You're just not funny. That's why you're reset. Never had no show. Never had no
0: movie. Oof. I gotta, be, I
2: gotta, I gotta
4: say. Oh,
0: I guess Home got run.
6: You're absolutely
4: right. I'm just a wash up.
0: You gotta stand on the street. all
2: oh, the fuck to it. And that's
6: it. We had it. We
2: had it.
1: Oh, right oh, man, like, you Hold on for a second. If you could just go
4: back, uh, just go back a little bit. So um, first of all, the thing I, I think is interesting is like that guy hits it out of the park. Yeah. If you want to insult, uh, you know, uh, whether it's uh, George Went or fucking whatever sitcom character that is now like, hanging on to their fame for dear life. All you have to do is go, hey, you've never been in movies, never did a show. (laughs) And all they can do is go, well, you got me there. (laughs) Like, Michael Richards didn't have a comeback for that. And you can tell that's kind of what's eating at him uh, this entire time. So, we're going to, like, I'm going to kind of make an argument that this wasn't necessarily fueled by racism, but instead anger. However, like, what I'm hearing here, there is... Definitely some weird racial element where he's going, don't interrupt the white man.
3: Yeah, I mean, that honestly, and I, I'm not going to make a defense for it, but right. that, he says, because um, it's it's- um, it's all subtitled. This video, mm-hmm. uh, he says, uh, you know, that's what happens. You interrupt a white man, don't you know? Like it sounded like he was like making May- like
4: maybe a, kidding
3: around. Like, yeah, yeah, making it like a, a caricature of yeah. itself.
4: And but, like I said, we don't know what was said before this. I have no idea if that's tied into some bit. I doubt it, but,
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't what
4: would that the that odds would be, be, be of that? No. <laughs> but uh, we'll hear, we'll hear defense, not from me, but from uh, someone else a little later. Do you want to finish uh, playing this clip? Uh, but yeah, I want to fi-
3: finish this clip. Oh. Right, I backed it up a little bit. We had it. Uh, meanwhile, if you're watching this video on YouTube, you'll see everybody is getting up and walking out.
4: That, I mean, it's stunning. You're watching, you know, like I, I was kid. Obviously, you know who fucking Kramer from Seinfeld is. But like, I kind of set it up like that just to be like, this is an icon of television. Like Seinfeld is the most famous, probably the most, fa- you know, you can argue All in the Family is better or whatever, but Seinfeld's probably the most famous sitcom of all time. Yeah. Th- 30 years later, it's on- I-
3: maybe? <laughs>
4: yeah. 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 It's on that level anyways. 30 years later, it's on TV all the time. You know, Jerry Seinfeld's still making a shit ton of money off of this
3: program. Streaming services are fighting over it.
4: Yeah. So Kramer- and you're watching Kramer scream racial epithets at an audience. It- so like, I can understand people walking out. I would be sitting there- another round please yeah. I, I am watching history
3: <laughs> this is amazing I still have my second drink ticket please yeah. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> oh, I'll take yours
4: uh, there's a little
0: more right yeah Yeah. oh
4: no, no. no,
2: no that ain't necessary
1: I'm, 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 no, you interrupted me sorry. pal that's what happens when you interrupt
2: the oh, right like, yeah, now for
4: those Those words, those words. It's like, go back and watch, uh, as I reference, oh, we didn't reference in the last episode. Fuck. Uh, I reference in almost every episode, the greatest talk show of all time, Norm Macdonald Live, um, Jerry Seinfeld is on an episode, and Norm asks him about Michael Richards, and that's where he does that impression. That word it shocks you. <laughs> um, but go listen to it; it's interesting to hear them talk about. And then also, Michael Richards is on uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yes and thanks Jerry for defending him. Um, but what I think, and this would have been, we would have played a lot more of these clips probably if we did the full episode on just this incident. Um, but uh, by the way, I mentioned doing a part two. It'll be t- You got to top Michael Richards. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is probably the greatest meltdown of all time. So it's going to be tough to do a part two. But um, on the, uh, uh, the one of the most interesting, I think one of the best, we- the most well done um, episodes of television to me is season seven of Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, the Groats Disease episode, where Michael Richards is on. This is the Seinfeld reunion season. Yep. And they get the whole cast back together. They're doing a Seinfeld reunion for NBC, and um, Michael Richards is obviously back playing Kramer. And they don't reference it at all in the season. They don't. They never say like, you know, hey, after your controversy or anything. So in that season, you almost think that like maybe they're avoiding it or whatever. And then Larry David does an episode where Michael Richards is diagnosed with Grote's disease, which is a fake disease that Larry David, like in Curb, it's real, but it's not a real disease that exists. Um, But Michael Richards, you know, he he can't go on with his acting because he has Grote's disease. So Larry tells him, he goes, my friend Danny Duberstein has Grote's disease. He's fine. He goes, I'll set up a call with you. Like, he'll, you know, he'll. My phone is going off now. It's going to read the definition of blindness to me again. Um, <laughs> it just says the N word to me over and over. It's like, is this what you wanted? Um, so uh, Larry says, my friend Danny Duberstein has a uh, disease. I'll, I'll set up a call with you guys. He can tell you what he did. And then Larry says, hey, what's, he asks Jeff, what's Danny Duberstein's number? And uh, Jeff goes, well, you're not going to hold him. Danny Duberstein died of growth disease. And Larry's like, fuck. So he has Leon J.B. Smoove pose as uh, Danny Duberstein, and uh, you know Leon gives him all these tips to deal with uh, uh, to deal with gross disease. And uh, like one of the lines is he's telling Larry what he told him, and he goes, uh, "I gave him this hat to wear." So he's wearing the hat in the scene, and Larry goes, "What did you tell him?" He goes, "I told him you take off that hat, you will die." That's what I told him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's a hilarious episode, but. Still, there's no, like, you're not thinking that this is the place this is going. Um, actually, they do make, I take that back, they make a, when uh, Michael Richards opens the door and it's Leon, he goes, uh, oh, come up, please, it's been seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, anyways, at the end of the episode, Michael Richards finds out that uh, Leon was lying. He's not Danny Duberstein, he never had Groat's disease. And Michael Richards confronts him in the street. And he goes, Hey, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> and he's screaming at him, dressing him down. And he goes, If only there was a horrible word that I could call you <laughs> that would make you as angry as I am right now. And then he looks over to his left, and there's a group of black people filming him. <laughs> and he goes, God damn it. <laughs> and it's the most well done explanation where they're not taking Michael Richard's side necessarily, yeah. but they're saying, Hey, here's how you can erupt in anger and want to go to that dark place. Sure. Now that was a brilliant defense by one of the creators of Seinfeld that I just told you about. I would suggest one of the worst defenses mounted against a person, uh, was orchestrated by the other creator of Seinfeld, who I might argue was the less talented. Um, The great Jerry Seinfeld was on Letterman. Oddly enough, the week this happened, uh, Jerry was doing press promoting uh, the DVD release of season nine or it might have been season seven even. I forget. Um, But he's on Letterman and he says, hey, Dave, there's someone I'd like to bring on. Now, keep in mind. This is crazy. Keep in mind, 2007. So you said you never saw this. Never. I was telling Matt before. The reason I like doing this show is because like. If you're super interested in certain topics, you'll have seen this a million times probably. But there are also, like, it's niche enough where, like, people have never, some people have never seen this. So that's why I find this interesting. Um, 2007 is, like I said, this video got, went viral because it was posted on YouTube and shit. But not ever, in fact, no one at this time has a, uh, you know, the internet in their pocket. Like, not everyone is uh, focused in on Twitter all day and knows exactly what has happened in the news the night before. Yeah. So at this taping of Letterman, a lot of people don't know what's going on. And uh, they think, hey, Jerry's bringing in his old wacky sidekick. (laughs) Little do they know that this video uh, was just released. And then this is Michael Richards on, (laughs) on Letterman via satellite.
3: We have him uh, live via satellite
4: yes, from Los do. Angeles. We, we All right, This do. should be Michael
6: Richards. Michael, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm uh, not doing too good. Yeah. <laughs> why, why don't you explain exactly what happened for the folks who may not know? I, uh, I lost my temper on stage. I was at uh, a comedy club trying to uh, do my act, and I got heckled, and I, I, I took it badly and went into a a rage, and, uh... Pause for one second. Uh,
4: that little laughter, those are the people, there are probably a lot of people in the audience that do know that, because Letterman's taped at, you know, 5.30 at night or whatever, the news made the rounds. Um, but the little, the giggles you hear are people in the audience that are like, okay, this is an odd twist on the Kramer character, but they're yeah. going somewhere. I know Jerry, he's going somewhere. And that's the bizarre part of this: why they thought this was a good idea, I I'll never really know. Uh, I mean, J- kudos to Jerry for trying to help his his buddy,
3: um, but <laughs> let's let's keep going here. When they cut back to Jerry, Jerry also has a smile on his face.
4: Well, also because it's not, there might be a smile out of awkwardness. Yeah, probably. but I would suggest Letterman is not L- Letterman. Who you know, we uh, with Chris, I we talked a lot about in the letter. Letterman Leno, uh, episode that Letterman is the inspiration for a lot of just quirky, weird, I don't give a fuck comedy. Mm-hmm. So why you would think the perfect landing spot to respond to an N word tape was right after, uh, the top 10 yeah. is, is a bizarre idea to me, but, uh, let's It's not that awkward yet. Let's keep going. Let's see where it goes.
6: So some pretty, uh, Nasty things to some Afro Americans, a lot of trash talk,
0: and uh, stop laughing, it's not funny. Oh, that's and what, uh, so, what, what, so, what, what, so,
3: yeah, that is the weirdest thing to me. He's talking to the audience, right? Yes, so stop that's laughing. Yeah, that's weird to say. Don't, don't acknowledge it, don't acknowledge it,
4: right? Because the people that don't find it funny know it's not funny,
3: yeah, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not your job to discipline them. It's not their fault you brought Kramer on Letterman. On a comedy show yeah. with a comedian. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And like you said some some of the people in the audience don't know. They yeah. don't know the extent of it.
4: Stop laughing. Yeah. And it's weird too cuz now like in Jerry's old curmudgeon-y days, uh like we talked about in the episode we did about him, but like he'll go to college and he's like people are too sensitive now. But when it when it comes to me, knock it off.
0: Yeah.
4: It's right. it is it's weird his attitude towards this. But, uh, I mean, I also get the fact that he's looking at it like, oof, poor Michael. He is, mm-hmm. he's cooked. He's yeah. done. So he, there's an element of him trying to, like, save his buddy's career, you know. Um, but now now we're at the element, now we're past Jerry. We're just at the element of, like, why is this happening here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 you were be- actually being heckled, or were
6: they just talking and disturbing the act? Uh, that was going on, too. Uh-huh. and did you I know I am mean, hearing in your audience laugh you know and it's it's uh I'm not even sure that this is uh where I no. should be
4: uh <laughs> well, that darning on you uh, so, so. Uh, cosmo the, the so situation to...
6: I I've already heard you make some jokes about it and that's okay you know but I'm I'm I, you know I'm 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 really busted up over this and I'm 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 very very sorry uh to those uh people in the audience Pause again real quick uh
4: I've heard uh, you know, plenty of phony apologies in my day. You could even call me a student of phony apologies. I will say this is probably not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's looking at it the next day. And if, sure, a lot of it is saving his own ass. But he's looking at it like, fuck, <laughs> what did I do? And there was a time not that long before this where you could do that. And to that, you know, 50 people that were there at the laugh factory or whatever it is would have a they'd have an amazing story but no one else would ever find out about it yeah you know unless there happened to be a journalist in the audience or something um but you know we're not that far removed from that period of time in 2007 and uh, uh, Michael Richards is dealing with like wow I a I did that I can't believe that I did that because I truly believe in my heart of heart I don't think Michael Richards is necessarily a racist guy yeah I don't by the way I'd be willing to accept the argument like, if that's your go-to, you're not completely devoid of racism. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that's if that's the the road you go down. But I would also argue you're saying the most hurtful thing you can in that moment. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that's more the mentality rather than uh, true racism. But um, it's just interesting to hear this guy kind of walk through and realize in real time. Ooh, maybe this is not the place to do this.
3: <laughs> it's funny that. In the world of like YouTube, like fake apologies, like yeah. all these YouTubers and like other people that go on YouTube and their Instagram and yeah. do these fake, like insincere apologies, that he has such a sincere apology going on right now. Mm-hmm. And what did him in is not the sincerity of it, but the format. In right. Which it's, is it's being laughed weird. at and it's just weird. Yeah. YouTubers sit on their kitchen floors and give these awful apologies. Yeah. Well,
4: we just saw, um, th- I mean, this will be a few weeks in the past now. But uh, Drew Barrymore uh, has that talk show, and yeah. she had Anthony Anderson on, and they were mocking the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. And um, Drew Barrymore called it like a, a seven-layer casserole of insanity or something, which is a perfectly reasonable analysis of that trial.
3: Yeah. Um, but, which is what I would call her show.
4: But she, you're Right. But she had to go on, just the fact that she's doing it, <laughs> but uh, she had to go on the next day... De- I don't know if this is on the show or she just made a video and posted it, but she's like, I am so sorry for not realizing the, you know, the, the, the severity of my words. And I take these things serious. And it's like, "Whoa, what are you doing now? When you watch Michael Richards, you're like, yeah, there's probably an apology coming. (laughs) You know, I, I can wrap my mind around that. Yeah. But it's just such a weird, the idea that Letterman is conducting this (laughs) with Jerry.
3: Yeah. I mean, watch the Kevin Clancy show. Exactly. A lot of apologies coming on. (laughs)
6: The blacks, the Hispanics, whites—everyone that was there—that took the brunt of that anger and, and 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 hate and rage and and how it came through—and and, and I'm concerned about more hate and more rage and more anger coming through, uh, not just towards me, but towards uh, a black-white conflict there's a great deal of disturbance in this country and how blacks feel about what happened in Katrina. And, you know, many of the comics, many performers are in Las Vegas and new Orleans, uh, trying to raise money for what happened there.
4: (laughs) This is a man. Now, hold on. He is rambling. This is a man grasping at strength. Like, let me throw Katrina in here. Like, what else can I mention to get the heat off me? You know, yeah. George Bush doesn't care about black people. He just yells that out. It's like, oh, that's where Kanye got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a man just floun looking for anything to hang on to. It's please, just Jer- weird. Please, Jerry, help me. <laughs> Jerry, Jer, you want to take over here? Uh, what was I thinking? Can you tell me, Jerry? <laughs> uh,
6: for this to happen, for me to be in a comedy club and flip out and say this crap, you know, I'm I'm deeply, deeply sorry, and. Uh, Um, I've got, I'll get to the force field of this hostility, why it's there, why the rage is in any of us, why the trash takes place, whether or not it's between me and a a couple of hecklers in the audience or between uh, this country and another nation. What?
3: (laughs) It's, he has just totally lost it. He, he even does like when he gets to a certain point, he like reaches his arms out and he's like, what, what is happening? What am I doing here? And there's, and there's, I just like the idea that,
4: that anyone uh, thought to themselves, hey, you know what? This is a lot like the Iraq war that's going on. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's weird comparing this to Katrina and conflicts, uh, you know, Involving foreign policy. Like, I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. It's just a man who already has had the feeling of, uh, you know, I'm I'm washed up. I'm a has-been. I'll never get the glory back. that I, I was on the number one show ever, and I was a big part of that, and I'll never reach that again. He's dealt with that for seven years at this point. Now he's been reduced to like, fuck, I won't even get, you know, bit roles on TV shows. You know what I mean? Like I won't even do off Broadway plays at this point. Yeah. Um. So you're watching a man just deal with all of that in real time. That uh, that was the end of the clip, right? Yeah, that was the end. So I spare you. This goes on for like seven more minutes or it, five more. I think it's a seven minute clip total. That's crazy. It's it's so weird, and they're trying to analyze it. It's it's fa- go if you've not seen it before, or even if you have for old time's sake. <laughs> I suggest you go on uh, YouTube and and give it a watch. Now. The interesting argument that came up around this time was, is uh, Michael Richards actually racist? Was that a racist thing? And that sounds silly, particularly with a lot of our sensitivities now because he's screaming the N-word at black people. (laughs) So you could easily say, yeah, that is racist. But it was interesting to me because the people I heard defending Michael Richards were black comedians. Um, Patrice O'Neill kind of had a defense where he's like, you know, I think it was just anger. Like, I think he was angry, and he went to the, fuck you. I see a black guy, so what's the worst thing I could say to this guy? Yeah. And the argument they kind of made, and I think Chris Rock made a similar argument, where, like, if it was a fat guy, he would have said, you fat cunt. If it was a woman, he would have said, you cunt. If it was, I'm trying to think of, you know, if it was me, he would have made some blind ref. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he wanted to go to the most hurtful area possible, which was... uh. A big mistake, I would
3: say. And if he if he knew these people personally, he might have went in a different direction. It would have
4: gone something, yeah, with yeah. their you know most recent relationship, Your never loved or they him. lost yeah. their job, or their yeah, whatever. Like that is
3: the that is the vein that the defense is coming from,
4: right? Yeah. So I don't know whether or not that's true. I don't know Michael Richards. Um, you know what I mean? Like publicly, other than that, he's done nothing else other than that incident. That would make me think he's a racist, but that's a pretty big blemish. You know what I mean? It's hard to be like, well, that's the only thing. Because that's a pretty big one. Cool. Um, what's that? No, yeah. I yeah. Said, yeah. Um, but I think the best defense of him that we'll end on uh, comes from a man who many call, including himself, the GOAT. Uh, the great Dave Chappelle, before his voice changed, went on stage at the Laugh Factory, and uh, this is what he said.
3: <laughs> I, I'll tell you the truth. When I seen Kramer's tape, I learned about myself, you know what I learned? I think I'm only like 20% black and, and 80% comedian. You know what I mean? And that black dudes can like, you know what I mean, bro. Like when you saw that shit, you was furious, right? Black dude with me was like, Kramer, you motherfucker. Like, I was hurt. And the comedian in me was just like, whew, niggas having a bad set. Hang in there, Kramer. Don't let him break you, Kramer. <laughs> don't want him break
4: you Kramer
3: yeah, hang in there Oh, <laughs> you're also he's seeing a, bad set.
4: a little piece of history there you're also seeing the uh, you know the early stages of the microphone tap yeah, <laughs> Chappelle yeah, yeah, does. yeah. but I think that's like, a it's fucking hilarious but that's what I'm talking about when I like it was interesting to hear comedians particularly African American comedians say oh clear, we like what we noticed is he's floundering you know take any element of racism out of him this guy's having a bad set, you know. Um, so I thought it was fascinating to hear Chappelle kind of break it down in that way, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, all right, anything else before we get out of here? No, no, I that 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 was very funny. Uh, we would end it. I love that. I yeah. love that Letterman interview. Stop laughing. I, I can't get over that. That is so funny. Yeah, it's weird. This
4: show has made me realize. Like, I love like Seinfeld, like. Cult helped cultivate my. I, I rip off Seinfeld every day of my life, just like my personality. Um, and yet, when I talk about him, I don't. Re, I never realized how much I dislike Jerry Seinfeld himself. Yeah. <laughs> but I love him. It's it's weird. I don't know why I do that to the poor guy. Yeah. Um. But uh. You know. Uh, I just love that Chappelle line.
3: You <laughs> get him, Kramer. <laughs> hey, uh, hang in there, Kramer. I'll
4: um, let him break you. So uh, yeah. If you guys like this episode, want to suggest more. Um, go to patreon.com slash blind Mike. You get these episodes a week early. Uh, you can message me on there and you get, uh, you know, episodes of the blind Mike project and all the other wacky stuff we do and, um, check out VaultedPodcastsRI.com. Uh, vaulted podcasts, ri.com. Hit up Matt from Rhode Island, uh, Matt from RI on Twitter. And, uh, if you're looking to record a podcast, film something, short film, uh, whatever, anything you want to record or film, hit up Matt from Rhode Island, uh, cause vaulted podcasts is the place to, re- place to do it. If you're in uh, the Pawtucket area, yeah, uh, it's worth the drive down here. Even if you're a little further out, so
3: yeah. If you have an idea, just uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, we, yeah, we, and check out these episodes because we record it here. If you want proof of concept,
4: yes. Yes. Um, and uh, I think that's it. We will talk to you guys next time on Why You Laugh.